Give Pastor John a hand and as he comes bring the word. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Thank you for coming to see God and with all your other options that are open. I came down here to put this and you moved back a row. <laughs> okay, all right. That works good. Get real excited. Well, you know, it's all right. So, as you know, Pastor Heath kicked off followers of the king, and he he asked me to do Andrew. And I was, okay, I really don't know that much about Andrew. So I, I kept going through and going through. And he's he's not really done a whole lot. He's one of the 12. So I really had to dig in there and find out who was Andrew. And, you know, it kind of starts off, Andrew was one of the first ones that was called, that Jesus actually called. See, you had Andrew, and then you had Simon, who was called Peter, and James and John. They were all fishermen. They worked together on a team with two boats with um, the father of James and John, who was Zebedee, who owned the boats. And Jesus, one time when he was teaching, went out on the boat, and then after they cast the nets on the other side and there's a miracle and Simon Peter just like, okay, I'm going with you. You're the Messiah, whatever you want, master. But it was even in Matthew, like when, if you look into it, Luke, they don't even mention that Simon was in there. It's in Mark that we know that Simon was one of the ones that was on the boat and that he was one of the first disciples that was actually called. Now in scripture, you've got Peter and you've got who was called Simon and Andrew was with him and the thing is they're brothers and simon's always listed first and then andrew and that tells us through the text that he was the little brother so andrew's the little brother the kind of the shy quiet type as how historians view him and the interesting thing is though even though he was among the first called of those four those three that weren't him they were like jesus's core group those were like jesus's closest disciples but Andrew was the only one that followed Jesus before he was called. See, the difference is in John, we see that Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist first. And one day, you know, after Jesus was baptized and he went in the wilderness and, you know, Jesus was just going about his ministry business and he's just walking by one day and John the Baptist is like, behold, the Lamb of God. And there are two disciples there. And one of them was Andrew, and he said, okay. And they just started following Jesus. They weren't asked. They weren't told. Just they overheard John the Baptist say, behold, the Lamb of God. And they had enough respect for John the Baptist as, as a minister and to believe him that, okay, that's the Lamb of God. I'm going to go follow him. And so they did. They spent the day with him. Now, we don't hear necessarily about the other disciple. He wasn't named. I don't know to this day who he is. I don't know if anybody does maybe some smart person has got a good guess but andrew he he's got a unique characteristic that you only see if you look throughout all the gospels and really focus in on him when he was first decided to follow jesus he went and got his brother and he brought his brother to jesus and said so he said hey this is the messiah and he brought him and showed him to jesus and that's where jesus, peter got the nickname and later, Jesus called all four of them off the boats, which I don't know what that guy did with his business afterwards. 
Um, maybe he went fishing by himself. I don't know. Called all four of them. So he was among the first called, but he was the first to follow. But he didn't, he didn't stop there after he brought his, his brother. They brought Jesus to Peter's mother-in-law, and she was healed. And you might, might not see it through just those few, but where you really see it is the 5,000. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, he asked Philip if they've got enough money or like how much money would it take to feed all these people. And Philip's like, it'd take half a year's wages for them to even get a bite. And Andrew just, you know, he wasn't asked or anything. He just says, hey, we got this kid that's got bread and some fish over here, but I don't know what we can do with all that. And it was out of what Andrew decided to bring. He didn't wait till he had all enough money to feed everybody. He just said, okay, Jesus, this is what we have. And Jesus said, okay, I'm going to make it work. And he did. See, the awesome part about Andrew, though he might have been shy and, and timid to begin with, he always, as long as he was with Jesus, he brought what he had to Jesus. He brought the the child with the fish and the loaves. He brought Jesus to the mother for the healing. He brought his brother to Jesus so that he could see the Messiah. And even in the beginning, he brought himself because he believed. That's pretty incredible. Now where you really see how amazing it is, is after Jesus ascends into heaven. See, before, when he was with Jesus, he was bringing to Jesus. But after Jesus goes into heaven and Jesus lives in our hearts and empowers us through the Holy Spirit, now, from then on, we see going into church history and just really delving in and diving in, we see that Andrew, as awesome as he was, he started bringing Jesus with him. He brought Jesus everywhere. Instead of bringing what he had to Jesus, he said, I have Jesus. I'm bringing him everywhere. And from there, he lost the timidity. He went um, north of the Black Sea and started just teaching and preaching all over the place. So much so that in one town called Patras, the governor of the region, like the whole state basically. So like our governor said, okay, this guy has gotten so many people saved and changed them from the what I wanted them to be, the religion that they're supposed to be, into this new thing. Who is this guy? I'm going to have to go stop him. And the Senate actually decided with the governor that they needed to go stop this guy, put an end to it, and that they needed to, um, after they ended it, reinstate idol worship. Man, talk about bringing Jesus everywhere. He just brought him. So much so that he, <laughs> this is how untimid he was at this point. So the governor shows up, his, a guy named Aegeus. Kind of a weird name, but hey, whatever. It was ancient back then. So the governor comes to the town. But instead of Andrew waiting for the governor to go hunt him down and talk to him, Andrew goes and shows up at the governor. He just walks up and starts talking to him. And he tells him, hey, you're a judge of people, but you better get to know your judge. Because when you get to know him, you'll worship him because he's the one true God. (laughs) Now, 
That doesn't sound like the shy brother that stays in the back anymore. No, he's, he's bringing Jesus because now he has Jesus in him. The total different. So after he confronts the guy like that, the governor, you know, he's kind of upset. Uh, rightfully, well, not rightfully so, but he's upset just about like anybody else would when somebody tells him off and says, hey, you're wrong and you need to get it together or it's not going to end well for you. And so Andrew, he, he, gets, he gets ready. The governor's upset. And so he starts asking Andrew, are you the same Andrew who has emptied our temples and abandoned the idols? Are you the same Andrew that's taken this superstition that Rome has abolished and condemned? And Andrew, being um, the shy, timid guy, says, yep, the Romans never got it. As a matter of fact, God came to this earth so that four people, but because of these idols, people chose these idols. And these idols, they aren't even gods. And that rocked the whole world at that time. Everybody believed in these idols as being gods. And he said, no, these idols aren't gods. They're not good for you. As a matter of fact, these idols are demons. And they're bad for you. So much so that when you abandon God for these idols, what's going to happen is you will be given over to Satan's wickedness, and when you die, all you're going to have are your evil deeds. So this is the average Joe on the street telling the governor, hey, you need to get rid of these idols or you're going to die, and all you're going to have are your evil deeds. And the governor comes back (laughs) and says, okay, you need to stop preaching, and you need to stop, stop teaching this altogether right now, Or just like the Jews put Jesus on the cross, we're going to put you on a cross. Now, how many of us would be ready to answer that question? Andrew did answer it because he already had Jesus with him. He said, I would not preach the wonder and the glory of the cross if I was not prepared to die on one. governor said fine and they took andrew and they're going to take him and put him on the cross a sight that is so horrific that even soldiers who have known it and seen it done will get faint their their faces will flush some will literally faint and go unconscious or lose their minds in panic because of how horrendous crucifixion really is Something that we don't understand in this day and age. But Andrew, as they started bringing him to the cross, he showed no fear. He didn't even change color at all. He didn't faint or lose his mind or anything of the kind. As a matter of fact, when Andrew looked up and saw the cross that he was going to be put on, it was an X cross. This is what he said. O cross, O cross, most welcome and long anticipated, I come to you with a willing mind, with joy and desire, since I am a follower and a student of the one who died on you. I have always loved you and sought to embrace you. That's a man who loved Jesus and was not ashamed of it. That was Andrew. And he didn't even stop there. For two days, tradition says, while he was on that cross, he continued to preach until he expired. 
until he was dead. See, when he was with Jesus, he brought everything to Jesus. When Jesus was with him, he brought Jesus everywhere. All the way to the end. He wasn't timid or shy anymore. Andrew was a bringer. It didn't matter how he looked on the outside or how few comments might have remembered him. He always brought Jesus, and he always brought anything to Jesus. That's the apostle Andrew. So I guess the question is, are we going to be bringers? When we're with Jesus in our quiet time, will we bring whatever we have, whether it looks sufficient or not, to Jesus? And when we go out, since we have Jesus, are we going to bring him everywhere, even to the point where we ourselves were on a cross? Let's just take a moment and respond and... uh